All right. Well, let's get into our Bible study. If you have your Bible, you might want to open it to Romans chapter 1 again, where Craig just read from. And I want to say this. There is practical value in developing a strong faith in God. In Luke chapter 17 and verse 5, the disciples once came to Jesus and they said, Hey, will you increase our faith? Help increase my faith. How do people increase their faith? I think there are levels, you know, where we find ourselves. Sometimes we believe, but then yet there's still the doubts. And uh, we mentioned in Bible class this morning, there was a man who had a son who would throw himself in the fire. He was demon-possessed. And what a what a burden that must have been for that father to constantly be watching because the minute he takes his eye off that boy, he's doing something harmful to himself. And, And out of desperation, he comes to Jesus and, and wants him to heal his son. And Jesus says, do you believe? And he said, yes, I believe, but help my unbelief. You see, there's a man who has faith, but he knows it could be stronger. It could be better. The disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, increase our faith. There's practical reason. It's not just an otherworldly um, concept. It, it's, faith isn't just about the far off heaven. Faith helps you here and now. And so it's not just, you know, way off in the future things that faith is all about. It's it's about here. It's about tomorrow when you get up in the morning. It's about today. Faith doesn't come but by one way that I know of. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You cannot keep this book closed and have biblical faith in God. You get to learn and to trust a person by picking this book up and and learning what it has to say. There's no other way that it comes. And uh, I think of things, faith doesn't come by good works. Well, I'm going to good work my way into faith. Uh, I, I know I need to have faith, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out. I'm, I'm going to mow all the widows' yards. I, I'm going to wash their windows. I, I, I'm going to go uh, help the the orphans. I'm going. Those are all good things, but they don't bring faith or create faith in a person. Uh, you don't get faith by um, heredity. You know, for years, well, right when I got out of school, I was trying to learn how to defend the truth. And one of those passages that I learned and memorized was from Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 20, where it says, The soul that sins shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. And I would stop right there because that's all I needed. That's all I had. That's all I wanted. You see, I just wanted a verse that said, we're not born sinners. You don't inherit sin. And that verse tells us that we don't inherit sin. The son doesn't bear the iniquity of the father. So I had my verse, but what I failed to do is to continue to read because here's what the rest of the verse says, and it has application to us in in other ways. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. What that goes on to say is if you're wicked, it's because you choose to be wicked. It's not because your dad was wicked. It's because you're wicked. The wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. But it also says the righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself. I'm not a good person because my mom and dad were good people. I'm a good person if I choose to be 
a good person. It's up to me. I don't inherit goodness. I don't inherit the sins of my, my parents, but I don't inherit their goodness either. So faith doesn't come because, well, you know, I, I've got a lot of faith because my dad's preacher, he's been preaching for a long time, and my mom's been faithful by his side all those years, so I've got faith. No, it doesn't come that way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The, the, the fact that preachers are all the time saying, read your Bible, study your Bible, the fact that your Bible class teachers are always encouraging you to read and study. Uh, the reason we have the elders have Bible study every week. We don't, there's not a verse in the Bible that says we got to meet at 9 a.m. for Bible study preceding our worship service. There's no verse in the Bible that says Wednesday night is the time we come together for Bible study. Those things are given to us by our elders who are shepherds of the flock. And they say, you know, it'd be a good idea if we split the week in half. And if we spend some time in Bible study, because why? Because we need to increase our faith. And not just because of heavenly concerns, but for worldly concerns. It will help us navigate this life. And I want to give you some practical reasons why you need to start picking up this book and reading it so that your faith is increased because your faith will do some great things for you. Let me share a few things that it will do for you. Number one, it's going to see you through the trials of life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, this is the victory that overcomes the world. What is? Even our faith. The world's a hard place in which to live. Ah, there are so many heartaches, heartbreaks. Things happen that uh, just are are hard. That's the only thing we can say about it. This has been a hard month for this church family. Um, Calvin's death, Mary's death, Martha's death. And, you know, the sermon, I was thinking this morning as we were singing, uh, Gene and Jay are sitting here. David lost his child in the Old Testament, couldn't bring that child back, but he said, I can go to him. And with resolve, he got up and he went to worship. I know it's got to be hard to be here today, especially when you lose your mother. But I'll tell you what, the only sermon, what I'm doing today is not the only sermon being preached today. Um, The faith that uh, others have, the hope that they have, the assurance that they have um, speaks volumes. And I, I want you to understand this. Life is hard. There are bad things that happen to good people. And I have stood at uh, the bedside and I've stood in, in many waiting rooms with people through the years who have been devastated. And I've heard this repeated over and over again. If I didn't have my faith, I don't know what I'd do. I don't know how I'd handle this. Faith will help you through the trials that you face. Faith gives you hope that this is not the end. This is not our destiny. There's something better. There's something more to live for. There's, there's something more. As hard as life is, faith helps me. 
It helps me endure illness. Why do I have to be sick? I wish I were well. I wish I were be able to be out and do the things that other people are doing. Why, why am I laying here shut in in my home with this sickness that is nagging and I can't just break free of it and I guess I'm going to have it the rest of my life? Why does that happen to me? Well, I don't know the answers to all those things, but I do know this. Faith will help you deal with your illness. In fact, through the eyes of faith, you can use your illness to magnify Jesus. That person has that burden in their life, and yet they still reflect Jesus. They show his love. They reach out to other people. They're not self-consumed. They're outside of themselves. Illness allows us to minister to people in ways that good health doesn't permit us. Um, same is true with death or persecution or fear, all those things. I'd hate to face those without faith. Faith gives me hope. And uh, if you want a reason to read the Bible, and if you haven't figured out that life is difficult yet, you, you just hang on just a little bit longer because it'll hit you eventually. Bad things will happen in this world. But faith, gives you the victory over this world. I think of Romans chapter 1 and verse 17 where the Apostle Paul makes that statement that uh, the just shall live by faith. He's quoting the prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk has just been told by God that the uh, Babylonians or the Chaldeans are going to come in and, and just punish and just destroy and haul off into captivity Judah. And he's scared to death. Man, how would you like to know if you had some insight and somebody said this, okay, a foreign nation, China, you know, whatever, is in six months, they're going to invade, they're going to drop bombs, they're going to take your women, they're going to, and all this is going to happen and you can't stop it. But I'm giving you insight into what's going to take place. Do you know how torn up, how eaten up you'd be? That's exactly what Habakkuk has been told. He's been told the future before it happens, and it's not good. And he sits and he frets about it, and he says, I am sick at my stomach. It, it makes me literally sick to know what's going to happen. But then he says, yet will I trust in you. I, I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. You'll be my strength. The just shall live by faith. He was facing terrible things in his very near future, but he had faith, and that faith helped him to get through it. Faith will help us. Practically, it'll help us with life things that happen that the world throws at us that we don't like and we don't want, but it comes nonetheless. If you have faith, it gives you something. It's an anchor that helps you to um, survive during rough seas. Here's something else faith will do. It'll help you to be evangelistic. If I really believe, I've got to tell you what I believe. I can't keep this quiet. How can you, if you really have faith that what the Bible says is true, how can you not speak the truth? Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, Jesus gave, gave a commission to his uh, followers that when I leave, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, if 
if I really believe what the Bible says, how can I not do that? Will those who don't trust in Jesus really be lost? Really? John 14 and verse 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There are a lot of religious people in the world who are trying to get to heaven apart from Jesus. It won't work. If I really believe, how can I not tell those people? If I really believe that if I don't obey the gospel of Jesus, I'll be lost, how can I let my neighbor go on day after day after day knowing that they're not a Christian and never make a... I know there are times that are inappropriate, and I know you can look like, you know, kind of come off kind of goofy and, and strange if you pick certain opportunities to try to talk to people about Jesus. But listen, in a lifetime of living next door to somebody, is there a time, an opportunity, an open door where you can talk to them about Jesus or try to bring them or point them to Jesus in some way? Here's, I like this passage. If you have your Bible, go ahead and flip it over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. In 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13, Paul quotes an Old Testament passage. It's kind of like a proverb. But here's what he says. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what was written, I believe, therefore I spoke, we also believe. And therefore we speak. He said, you know, you've heard that old saying, I believe, therefore I speak. That's me. Because of my faith, I've got to do the same thing. I believe, therefore I speak. How can you believe and not speak? How can you know that those apart from Christ are lost and not speak? If we were talking about physical life, we'd have words for people like that that aren't very complimentary. If I knew that you were dying and I knew the remedy was available and I never bothered to tell you, what would you think of me? If I knew that your house is on fire and I never bothered to tell you, what would you think? If I knew that uh, the road, the bridge is out and I never stopped to tell you, what would you think? If I know that those outside of Christ are lost and I never tell you, what would you think? Faith, really believing what the Bible says, will help me to do, to speak. Because I believe we all love people. We don't dislove them. We don't dislike them. We, we, we really do want the best for them. But sometimes I wonder that we're just not convinced that God really meant what he said. Well, maybe he'll make an exception. Maybe because they didn't know. Maybe because they didn't have access like we do today. Maybe because of this and that and the other, he'll make exceptions for them. And when we believe what the book says, we'll speak. The Bible tells us, and here's another reason why we ought to have faith. It'll help us to overcome wickedness. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse, well, verses 10 through 17, you remember... Um, the armor of God is described in that passage. Put on the whole armor of God. And he begins to describe it from head to toe. And all these items are listed. But I want you to know 
or to notice that he says one item is more valuable than maybe the others. Because he says in, um, well, uh, verse uh, verse uh, 13, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil, having done all to stand. He says, stand therefore, having your, your uh, girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of pre- peace, and above all, as important as those things are, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We need a shield of faith. It'll help us to overcome wickedness. If I truly trust Jesus and, and I've surrendered myself to him, I'll be more likely to say, I'm going to pass on that. It's not what I want to do with my life. I won't have as hard a time saying, no, no, I don't think, y'all go ahead if you want, but I'm not doing this. It's easier to resist temptation if you have faith. In fact, Psalm 119 verse 9 says, how can a young man cleanse his ways? How's a young person supposed to live right? The answer's in the same verse, by giving heed to his commandments. And then he goes on to say in verse 11, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Listen, one of the questions that I get asked most often as a preacher, people will call me and say, Hey, Steve, would it be wrong if I... And you can fill in the blank. Now, you know why they're asking me that? Because they're not sure. I understand, I'm not saying, you know, we, we all have uh, growth to do and, and there are some things that we need help from other people to discern between what's right and wrong and not everybody has reached certain levels of discernment and so you ask because you don't want to make a mistake. You want insight so you can study for yourself but the fact that if I ask somebody, that means I don't know the answer myself and that means there's room for growth. If I know what the Bible says, then I know whether this action is right or wrong. If I don't know what the Bible says, I might walk right into it, ignorantly doing that which is wrong. Not everybody that does wrong does wrong because they have a high-handed rebellion against God. Sometimes they do wrong just because they don't know. And faith will keep you from that. And then, here's the last point. Faith will give you confidence in your salvation. I knew a lady at one time that was, she's a Christian all her life. And um, she was reaching a point in her life where she got sick. She was dying. And I went to visit her in the hospital and we had several candid conversations about her mortality and probably how much time she would have left. She wanted to talk about those things. I have never met a woman that was so terrified of dying. Not not of the physical process of dying, but of the prospects of facing God. 
And I tried to give her comfort and peace and assurance, um, but it wasn't successful. She saw it as, I don't know what's going to happen to me. I'm just afraid he's just going to tell me, no, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to end up in hell. I'm, I'm coming to the point in my life, and it's, I don't have much longer, and, and here I am. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. God does not want you to live that way. God offers you assurance. The Apostle Paul, when he came to the end of his life, he wasn't a perfect man. He had sins in his life. And he came to the end of his life and he said, I know him in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Paul had confidence that God would take care of him. He also said, I'm ready to depart. The time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've finished a course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, I don't know what's going to happen to me. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. He had assurance. Our assurance isn't based in our perfection. It's based in our walking in the light. And a child of God who walks in the light who seeks to serve God, who increases their faith and lives in faith, they they, they can pillow their head at night and know that if something happened, they're okay. In Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 22, the Hebrew writer said, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 9 that uh, as we get to the end of this way and you know the, the this whole Christian system and the whole deal of serving him and, and when we finish this way, he said this this is the end of our faith. This is what we're shooting for. This is the this is what's across the finish line. The end of our faith is salvation. If we place our faith and trust in God, we have confidence. God's faithful. He's not going to tell you one thing and pull the rug out from under you. He's he's not going to laugh with sarcasm and say, you mean you you bought that? You really believe what I said? He's going to stay true to his word. You do what he says. You walk in the light. You spend your time here on earth trying to imitate his son and Keep a humble heart and ask him to forgive you when you make mistakes. The person who lives that kind of life has an ongoing assurance that God is going to take care of them. That's what gives us hope and confidence and assurance today in the face of death. When we lose our loved ones, when we see people who have allowed Jesus to live in them, Christ, their hope of glory, abiding in them, we can find peace even in the midst of turmoil because we know it's okay. Faith will give us confidence in our salvation. Developing our faith is, like I said at the beginning, it's not just otherworldly business. It's not just pie-in-the-sky kind of stuff. It is right here and now practical living. I want to encourage you to pick up your Bibles 
spend time reading it. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. If you want your faith to be stronger, if you want it to help you through the trials of life, if you want it to motivate you to be more evangelistic, if you want your faith to help you to overcome wickedness in your life, to, to be less of a sinner, make fewer mistakes, if you want to have the confidence that you can pillow your head at night and not have to worry, pick this book up. Learn of the God of heaven. And the more you learn of him, the more you love him, the more you'll trust him. And that'll give all those other things. It's practical. It'll help you navigate this life as well as prepare you for the next. If you're here this morning, you're not yet a child of God. Why don't you obey the gospel? If you have faith in Jesus, why don't you, if you haven't done so already, confess it to us all. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And upon that confession, convince or, or convict or uh, to turn from sin, uh, convince yourself that you know, today I, I stop. I'm, I'm going to live my life differently. And we'll, be bapt- and we'll baptize you into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And God will forgive you. You begin to walk with him. Christ in you now, your hope of glory. If you're a child of God already but unfaithful, and maybe you're sitting there saying, I need more faith. I haven't had the kind of faith I should have, and it's, it's affected me, it's hindered me. Uh, maybe you want the prayers of the church to pray on your behalf to uh, help you as you increase your faith. It's a task we all have. And if we can pray for you in any way, we'll be glad to do so if you'll come as we stand together and sing.